Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Alcoholic Podcast listeners, welcome to Draft Week. That's right, the 2021 NFL Draft is finally here, and the Falcoholic Live has a full schedule of content on the docket for you to enjoy as we approach the main event itself. First off, we're going to be having our usual Wednesday night show, which starts at 8.10 p.m. Eastern. That will feature our final live seven-round mock draft for the Falcons, so you're definitely going to want to check that out. And then we'll be going live on YouTube for our Draft Party 2021 on day one, day two, and for the first time ever, we will be doing day three as well. So during that, we'll be hanging out with you guys, our fellow fans, discussing the picks for the Falcons and for other teams, talking about the prospects who are available, and doing it all with a lineup of terrific guests throughout the entire show. So we hope that you'll join us for one of the most exciting Falcons drafts ever. Our coverage starts at 7.30 p.m. Eastern on Thursday, continues on uh, Friday at 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern, and then finally we will wrap things up starting at 12 o'clock p.m. Eastern on Saturday. Thank you guys for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy this episode. Fellow Falcoholics, what is up? Welcome to another episode of the Falcoholic Live. I'm your host, Kevin Knight, at Falcoholic Kevin on Twitter, here to bring you a deep dive into the Falcons' options at the fourth overall pick. This has been a hotly debated topic both on the live shows, on the site, and on Falcons' Twitter, as I'm sure many of you are aware. And I just wanted to take uh, an episode to break down all of the arguments for each pick, uh, each each option with the pick, because I, I do think that there are good arguments for all three options, the three main options being taking a quarterback of the future at four, taking a non-quarterback like Kyle Pitts or Panay Sewell at four, and then the third and final option being a trade down of significant value. Um, So I wanted to break down the arguments that I've heard for each of these options and why I think they're all potentially smart. If If you go about them the right way, if you make the right decisions, and if they work out the way you hope, I think all of these options could be effective paths for the Falcons to compete both in the near and uh, long term. So it really just comes down to personal preference. Um, And I think it's important that we try to understand each of these arguments as as good faith actors, as, as trying to respect other fans' opinions, because they're not necessarily wrong or right. They're just different flavors of the same thing, which is that we all want the Falcons to be as successful as possible and to win a Super Bowl, hopefully. Uh, And having the fourth overall pick could go a long way to accomplishing that goal. So, like I said, I'm going to try to succinctly sum up the arguments for each of these options um, 
after consulting with people that are that are fans of all of these, you know, full disclosure, I'm sure you guys know I am personally a fan of the quarterback at four, but I have consulted with my colleagues that prefer pits and my colleagues that prefer a trade down as well as, you know, kind of crowdsourcing and chatting with people on Twitter and, and on the live show as well to, to, to get a good idea of why each of these options could work and the arguments for them. So I hope this will be an informative show for you, and I hope this will help you uh, feel a little bit better about various options, of course, assuming that the decisions work out the way we hope uh, for all of these things. So we're going to start with quarterback at four, and we will go from there. So the first option we're going to break down in detail is going to be quarterback at four. Um, and this is obviously the, the most controversial of all of them. People are very entrenched on whether they think a quarterback at four is smart or not smart. We're going to get into why I think it is smart and then the risks associated with a pick like this, because of course there are potential downsides as well. So first of all, we'll start out by saying that franchise quarterbacks are the most valuable thing in the entire NFL. Um, you know, bar no other position even comes close to the value of getting a potential franchise quarterback. Um, even a chance to get one is more valuable than just about any other position, even with a top five pick. Um, now, if you want to argue that Kyle Pitts is more valuable than that, that's totally fair. We will talk about that when we get to the non-quarterback pick at four. But because franchise quarterback is so valuable, the chance to get one is going to be highly valued by NFL teams and could be highly valued by the Falcons. Um, the other thing to consider, of course, is Ryan's age and contract. So Ryan will be 36 in 2021. Not extremely old, um, but getting up there to where you need to start thinking about the future. And he's only under contract until 2023. So the Falcons do need to make a decision on Ryan in 2022 because of his $48 million cap hit. Um, and the reason his contract has gotten to this point <clears throat> is because of Thomas Dimitrov who raided Ryan's contract for cap space with restructures in 2019 and 2020, backed the team into the corner they are now, where they basically had to restructure him again in 2021 just to get under the cap. Um, obviously, the cap going down didn't help matters, but that's where we are. Um, so no matter what, the team will have to make a decision on Ryan in 2022. His $48 million cap hit next year will not be carried by the team into the season. They will either choose to cut and or trade him, or extend him to lower that cap hit. Um, so with that knowledge in hand, if we're going with the quarterback at four, we have to assume that the team would view either Fields or Trey Lance, assuming you know, whichever one ends up being the pick, they would view these players as a potential franchise quarterback. So if they view them that way, it's reasonable to assume that that could be the highest value on the team's board. If they do view Fields and or Lance as a franchise quarterback, they could view those players as more valuable than Kyle Pitts on their board. So that would be one reason why they would consider making that pick because the value in their eyes is higher for that player. Um, it's also important to note that historically new regimes do like to get their own quarterback to build around. Um, Arthur Smith's scheme is not particularly quarterback needy and that it needs a very specific type of player to work, but it's, it's important to note that there is a brand new regime coming in Neither one of these guys has any connection to Matt Ryan. Um, they have no necessary loyalty to him or anything like that. So the chance for them to move on to go after another quarterback is higher because of that lack of connection. Um, another important thing to touch on would be a new quarterback would probably be slated to start in 2022. Um, 
So I don't agree with the takes that a, a rookie is sitting for more than one season. This pick is probably going to to mean that a quarterback is starting in 2022. Um, but that does provide value and that the, key, the team gets to evaluate this quarterback and develop them over this season. Um, and that is kind of a lost art in the NFL these days. But I think letting that quarterback sit a la Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City is valuable and I think would be a very good thing for the team and for the quarterback prospect, particularly if it ends up being Trey Lance, because I think he does need the time to acclimate to the NFL. Um, So other aspects to consider, financial benefits would be one, right? So the team would start to see significant financial benefits starting in 2023. Um, The Falcons would save $8 million from a pre-June 1st cut, or trade of Ryan in 2022, but the rookie quarterback is probably going to cost approximately the same as that $8 million. So you're not really seeing noticeable savings from that move, but um, it's notable that if the Falcons were to trade Ryan in 2022, that they're likely to get some sort of decent compensation. Much of it probably depends on how well he plays this year, but you could be looking at a first, a second, third round pick at worst for Ryan in a trade, and that's due to his quality, his consistency, and the fact that he will be a relatively cheap contract. Um, Because the Falcons have converted so much of his base salary into signing bonus, Ryan's cap hits for a receiving team are only going to be, um, you know, 23, 25 million over those final two years. That is a bargain for a franchise quarterback. So that the contract will be something that teams would not be concerned about taking on because also most of it won't be guaranteed either. So they could easily move on if they decided they wanted to do that. Um, starting in 2023, Falcons would save roughly 35 million in net cap space, even considering the cost of the, you know, fourth overall pick contract. Um, they would still continue to get value out of that rookie contract for 2024. And then even after the fifth year option in 2025, it's still likely to be cheaper than the market rate for a quarterback, assuming, you know, this player is panned out the way you you hope. Um, So let's get into the risks, right? So obviously the move is a long-term gamble because as most of you probably think that, that are opposing a quarterback at four, Ryan is likely to play at his similar, you know, fringe top 10, maybe better level for at least the next two, three years, maybe longer. Um, but they do have the unique opportunity and backup plan of keeping Matt Ryan around if the quarterback doesn't pan out the way they want. If they don't like what they see in 2021, they don't have to kick Ryan out the door. So getting a guy in here, um, obviously that would not be ideal if he doesn't end up, end up panning out, but you don't have to kick out Ryan if you're not satisfied with what you've gotten out of the quarterback in the first year. Um, another thing to consider that's also unique with the current situation is the gamble you know, the risk of this quarterback busting is a lot less when you're picking straight up at four. You're just sitting there and letting someone fall to you than needing to orchestrate a massive trade-up. The 49ers this year, great example of this, right? They've had to now trade their future firsts in 2022 and 2023, plus the third overall pick that they've traded up for, for whichever quarterback they're trying to get there, whether it's Fields, Lance, Mac Jones, whatever. Um, They've taken on an insane amount of additional risk now that they are depending completely on this rookie quarterback being their savior of that franchise. Because if it doesn't work out, you've now gutted your next two drafts. In addition to this one, um, going after this guy. So with the Falcons just taking one shot, one bullet, essentially to, to try to get their guy of the future, 
it's a lot less risky. It's probably not going, it's not going to affect your draft class next year or the year after, like a trade up would be doing for the 49ers here. Um, so to, to, you know, to summarize, if, if the Falcons do love fields or they love Lance, whoever happens to be there, the chance to get Ryan's successor for that price of just one first rounder, it could easily outweigh all of the other options if that is the direction they want to go. Not saying that 100% is or isn't, but just providing justification for why a front office, why Arthur Smith and Terry Fontenot could arrive at the decision that Justin Fields slash Trey Lance is the best value, the highest player on their board when it comes time to pick at four. So those are the arguments, the risks associated with quarterback at four. The next one we're going to take a look at is by far the second most popular option right now, which would be a non-quarterback, most likely Kyle Pitts at four. So we'll go to that one right now. So the next option, like I said, would be a non-quarterback at four. Right now, the prevailing opinion is Kyle Pitts, the tight end out of Florida. Uh, Panay Sewell, I think, is still technically in play, although he has seemed to lose steam, at least where the Falcons are concerned. Um, But a non-quarterback at four, very reasonable option. Uh, And we're going to get into it right now, why this could be the decision for the Falcons. So uh, Terry Fontenot, Arthur Smith, may be confident in Ryan's ability to continue playing at a high level for the next two to five years, uh, at, at, you know, two at the minimum, five at, at the maximum or more even. Um, so their strategy going into this might be, let's surround Ryan with the best pieces we can. Let's, let's get him some blue chip talent. Let's bolster this roster. And also you're, you're putting together the pieces ideally for the future as well with these sorts of, you know, additions. Um, it's entirely possible that Kyle Pitts, uh, in particular, but also maybe Panay Sewell could be the best player available on Atlanta's board at four, depending on who goes in the first three picks. Obviously, if Trevor Lawrence were to fall, not going to happen. He'd probably be the best player available, but we don't know how they've graded guys if they take positional value into account or not. It's entirely possible that Kyle Pitts or Panay Sewell could be the BPA, uh, and they've made it clear that they do want to try to target BPA when they can in the draft. Um, I think objectively, the the best chance for a Super Bowl in the near term probably is adding a blue chip prospect like Kyle Pitts, assuming he hits to the roster and just trying to ride it out with Ryan and maximize the window you have with Pitts and Julio Jones and Matt Ryan over the next, you know, two to three years, maybe slightly longer. But that window, that's probably objectively the best way, the best chance at a Super Bowl, assuming things work out the way you're hoping. Not a guarantee, but the chance I think is good. Um... Obviously, a player like Kyle Pitts, Panay Sewell, more likely to contribute significantly in 2021 and help the team compete immediately than a future quarterback who is going to be sitting on the bench more than likely in 2021. Um, Another angle to consider is we know Arthur Smith loves tight ends. He's been one of the most tight end heavy, most creative people using a tight end in the NFL over the past few seasons. So the idea that he would be targeting Pitts at four makes a lot of sense. It's enticing because we know Arthur Smith is likely to maximize Pitts' talent, maximize his value in Arthur Smith's offensive system. So that makes you know a lot of sense from that angle as well. Um, Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. 
And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. <clears throat> Other things to consider with that. The Falcons still need to make a decision on Ryan in 2022, like we talked about earlier. Um, in this case, they probably ex- they would extend him um, because they need to get that $48 million cap hit next year off the books. Um, so with an extension and possible void years and whatever other things they want to do there, the Falcons are likely to see more cap relief from going this route in 2022 um, than they would from moving on from Ryan next year. So they could have more cap to play around with in the very near future if they were to go for an extension with Ryan as opposed to a cut next year. Um, the risk obviously would be that you could be passing on a potential franchise quarterback. Um, and if you're not able to maneuver yourself in position for one in future years, say you are competing for Super Bowls in five years, Ryan's coming around to retirement. You could be stuck in that, that dreaded quarterback purgatory, um, which, you know, the saints are in right now. They're in cap hell. They're going to be paying off Drew Brees' cap for years, um, that is the, the nightmare scenario with this move that you miss, you know, Justin Fields or Trey Lance or whoever it is that ends up being there at four ends up turning into the next great franchise quarterback. You've passed on him and you're now stuck in quarterback purgatory in a few years, looking back, wondering what could have been. Um, but the Falcons win a Super Bowl. No one's going to care, uh, that they passed on the next great franchise quarterback because they, they won the ultimate game and and it was worthwhile. So I think, you know, Kyle Pitts at four, totally reasonable take. I think it would be a lot of fun. Uh, Bar nothing else, just getting Kyle Pitts in this offense would be a lot of fun. I think you could also make the argument for Panay Sewell that just bolstering the offensive line might long-term be a great option if you really love Sewell's potential. But um, I think most fans are, are very high on Kyle Pitts. I would love to see him in this offense. I would love to see him in Atlanta and hope that he he does turn out to be this Hall of Fame caliber player. The risk is, right, that Pitts needs to be that sort of talent to justify this selection and justify passing on a franchise quarterback. And if any tight end could do it, it's probably him. I've never scouted a tight end that I've been more impressed with. Um, so it's certainly a worthy selection at four. There are risks associated with it, just like there are risks associated with a quarterback at four. It just depends on your preferences. And I don't blame you for thinking Ryan's got good years left because he does and thinking that it's better to try to win a Super Bowl right now with Kyle Pitts in the building than it is to try to go ahead and plan for the future with a, with a quarterback. Um, so those, I think, are the strongest arguments for a non-quarterback at four, Kyle Pitts mainly, but possibly Sewell. Um, so let's go on now to the third option, which would be a trade down and discuss that in greater detail. All right, third and final option, you know, notwithstanding any sort of other crazy shenanigans or, or mysterious picks that could occur, would be a trade down for the Falcons from the fourth overall pick. Um, and, and the justification for this is kind of similar to the to the non-quarterback at four. You're just going about it in a little bit of a different way. So basically, you're looking at it as you do think uh, that you are confident in Ryan's ability over the next three to five years. You're planning to extend him in 2022 and you're going to, and the idea is to build the best team around him right now uh, to try to win a Super Bowl in that window. And that you believe that gives you the best chance for competitiveness for that elusive Lombardi trophy in Atlanta. Um, 
with the trade down, you're you're looking at, look, we have a lot of roster holes and we don't have a lot of money. So the best way to to solve those two issues would be let's load up on draft picks, right? Let's get a lot of early picks. Let's get extra assets, extra rookie contracts. Um, load up on those in 2021 and beyond with a, a big trade down. Um, now, the big thing here is that not only do you need to get significant compensation for this trade down you have to hit on those picks too I tweeted about it uh, on Thursday that you know look at what the Browns got the Browns got a haul for that pick when the Falcons traded up for Julio Jones and guess what the Browns squandered every single one of those selections and were obviously languished in mediocrity now I'm not saying the Falcons are the Browns and they're likely to do that but it's a good illustration that you can't just trade down and say look we got all these picks we won like you have to Trade down, get good compensation, which it needs to be good compensation. It can't just be any trade down. It can't be some of these weak offers that we've been seeing floating around on Twitter, floating around from NFL analysts. The Falcons can't consider those weak sauce offers. They have to get premium compensation for the fourth overall pick or it's not going to be worthwhile. And then on top of that, they got to hit. They got to get impact players there. Not saying that every single one of these picks has to go off, but you need to get plus value by hitting on most of these picks to make it worthwhile. So that is an important consideration. Um, it's it's good to note that that additional draft capital, uh, you know, ideally you're looking for future firsts in 2022 and maybe even 2023, that capital could help you maneuver in the future for your for another franchise QB. Um, you know, if they love a particular prospect and, and need to trade up because they're playing well, having those extra firsts could be integral to to a future trade up. Um, so that gives them extra flexibility on that route. Um, and obviously, if you get a bunch of day two picks out of it, either this year or in future years, you can use those to bolster roster holes as well. Um, and, you know, it's kind of a... a, a a quantity over quality with going for more draft selections versus fewer higher draft selections, which is what the Falcons would be doing here. Of course, the flip side of that is you are risking uh, like passing on a potential franchise quarterback, which is almost certainly what the whoever's trading up with the Falcons is, is going for, or you're passing on a blue chip prospect like a Kyle Pitts, like a Panay Sewell for a lot of unknowns and a lot of risk. Um, Obviously the trade, the trade down could work out great. You could hit on a bunch of players, have a whole new roster. This could be the the stepping stone for a whole new era. But the pressure is going to be on to justify that, right? If you just get a bunch of decent players out of it and the team is okay, but Kyle Pitts goes on to be a Hall of Fame tight end or Justin Fields is the next Patrick Mahomes or whatever, um, that will haunt this team and follow Arthur Smith and Terry Fontenot forever that they chose to pass on these blue chip options for a bunch of, you know, decent starters, you know, hopefully it's better than that, but you know, a bunch of good starters, but not transcendent talents. Um, so that is the flip side of that trade down is your, you have to justify the cost of passing on guys for other players of, you know, quote unquote, lesser value. Um, so I think there's, there's good reasons why a trade down could provide plus value for the Falcons and also reasons why it might be riskier than just taking a guy at four. Um, again, like with the other two options, I think this is a very reasonable take. This one, I think, is more predicated on outside influence, right? So what sort of offer is the team getting? 
how many picks are they getting? When are the picks? Are they in the future? Are they now? You know, all these sorts of things. How far are you moving down? These are all things that matter. These are all things that are going to be really, really hard for us to predict on the outside before we know what's happening. So this one is very, very much a sort of abstract idea. Like we should trade down, but really what you're saying is we should trade down if we get X back. Um, so I think if X is, is, you know, is a future first and, and some day two picks this year or multiple future firsts and so on, that could easily end up being, uh, the most valuable thing, the most advantageous thing for the Falcons to do. But at this point, we just don't know what that offer is going to look like, what that offer is going to be. So it's hard to say for sure. But if your team trade down and you're hoping for that big offer, if that big offer comes in, it could easily be the best decision for the team. And I wouldn't blame you for wanting that or the team for taking it if that were to come up. So that is the final of the three options. Let's summarize here in just a second. All right, guys. Well, I, I tried to cover as much of detail on those three options as I could, the quarterback F4, non-quarterback F4, and the trade down. As I said, um, I am team quarterback. I, I think that if you like who is there at four, assuming that's Lance or Fields, that you you just get your guy because of the value of the franchise quarterback. But if you love Kyle Pitts at four, if you love the idea of a trade down or Panay Sewell or whatever, I think all of those options could be plus value. All of those options could result in the Falcons having a successful draft, having a successful season in 2021 and beyond and, and being advantageous moves. Um, it really just comes down to what the team decides to do, you know, as long as they don't take Mac Jones at four, I think we're all going to, you know, I think it will be a good decision. Um, and I, I urge people to try to keep an open mind about the pick, try to keep an open mind about the options, because as I've tried to illustrate during this, this episode, there are good reasons to choose all of those options. Um, Obviously, it's going to be very difficult and sad if the team does decide to move on from Matt Ryan. He's been one of my favorite players throughout his tenure here, and I'm going to miss him. So my desire to to draft a new quarterback has nothing to do with, you know, a dislike of Ryan or, or wanting to see him leave. Um, it'll actually be, you know, I think quite emotional when that does happen, and I'm not looking forward to that aspect of it. But, um, you know, as, as sad as that would be, it would also be really fun to get Kyle Pitts in here too, right? Um, you know, and a trade down could provide tremendous long-term value to a franchise that needs that injection of resources to really get back on track. So all of these options are good. Um, as long as they, you know, don't take, like I said, Mac Jones or, or take a low ball trade down offer. I think we will come away from this draft feeling pretty good, or at least you, you should try to feel pretty good about it because, um, I think this team is, is on the upswing and I think all of these choices could result in a positive future for this team. And that at the end of the day is what we all want. So over the next week, please do try to just take some deep breaths, try to, to understand why, even if you don't agree with it, some of these other options could be smart moves for the team and try to, to please be kind and be understanding to your fellow fans about this whole process, because we all want the same thing. We all want this team to be great, to win that Super Bowl. We might not all have the same ideas about the best way to get there. And in fact, I know we don't, but at the end of the day, we're all Falcons fans. We all want this team to be great. So that is what we're hoping for guys. Um, I hope you enjoyed this video. I hope it was informative. I hope it helped you in some way process what's going on at the, with the fourth overall pick. Uh, if you enjoyed the show, please do like and subscribe. I'm trying to get to 3,000 subs before the draft. I think we're going to make it, but if you guys can help us out, that'd be really awesome. Thank you. Uh, you can also check out our Patreon page, which is patreon.com slash Live. 
you can get access to some exclusive perks there. Obviously, support us on a monthly basis, which we really appreciate. Uh, we're going to be having another uh, patron Q&A here in the next couple weeks um, to talk about the draft and all that good stuff. Those are a lot of fun. Uh, you guys get some one-on-one time with us here. Um, we have a lot of great guests on for those as well. So check that out. Um, and also want to plug uh, our... We're going to be having uh, live draft shows through all three nights of the 2021 NFL draft for the first time. Uh, we've done day one and two in the past, but we're going to be doing day three this time because you guys have made it clear that you want it. And, uh, you know, we're going to give the people what they want. So join us at 730 on Thursday, seven o'clock on Friday and at noon on Saturday as we will be uh, breaking down those picks, hanging out, just trying to have a, a, a good time during the 2021 NFL draft. So make sure you check that out as well, guys. But for me, I'm Kevin Knight at Falcoholic Kevin. Check out thefalcoholic.com for all the draft coverage you need. Uh, if the show's not enough, uh, there's tons of great content there scouting reports, mock drafts, uh, all the latest news and rumors. You can check it out at thefalcoholic.com. Otherwise, guys, we will talk to you next time on the Falcoholic Live. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next time.